Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Breakfast with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Whoosh, whoosh. What is it? That's the sound of data flying in and out of your company. Information today is king, but if you're not governing its flow, its storage, its handling, its sharing with rock-solid policies and processes, you are missing the boat. Why? Because you're not maximizing the information, business value, and efficiency, and you're not minimizing your risk exposure. Ouch, we'll talk about that later. If this is on your perpetual to-do list, or if you've got eh, lukewarm, half-hearted, maybe we will, maybe we won't rules scattered around pockets of your organization, listen up. Today, we're going to explore the burgeoning world of information governance. I'll shorten it to IG at certain points in the show just to make it a little easier to say, but information governance. What is it? It's bringing together the right people, processes, policies, and technologies to deliver consistent, trusted information across your organization. I know that's a mouthful, so we're going to break it down today. We're going to talk about the who, the what, the why, the when, the where and the how of information governance, and we're going to ask two important questions. I will get the answers from my experts. Number one, if information is king, who is the governor? And number two, is information governance an art or a science? Whether you're a small or mid-sized company or a big enterprise, you'll want to hear what our experts have to say about empowering your users to own and manage data as a strategic asset and to guarantee that that data has quality throughout its entire life cycle. My experts today are Barry Murphy, a co-founder and principal analyst with the EDJ Group, Will Crump, founding partner at Datum, LLC, Chris Singrani, a senior manager in Capgemini's Business Information Management Group, and last but certainly not least, Ina Muchelknaus, a director of solution management with SAP's Business Objects Enterprise Information Management Products. Those are a lot of words to fit on her door. So pour yourself a fresh cup of Joe, Earl, or OJ, and join us for Food for Thought as we travel the road to true information governance. If you have questions for my guests, it's easy. Just tweet us at pound sign SAP radio at any time and my colleagues at SAP will ping me with the questions. Okay, let's get this party started. I'd like to introduce my first guest, Barry Murphy. 
As I said, Barry is a co-founder and principal analyst with the EDJ Group. He's a thought leader in information governance, e-discovery. I want to hear about that. It sounds like Disney, but I don't think it's that fun. Records management and content archiving. Barry previously was director of product marketing at Mimosa Systems, a leading content archiving and e-discovery software. And he was principal analyst at Forrester Research for, again, e-discovery, records management, and content archiving. He's an active member of the AIIM, Association for Information and Image Management, and ARMA, formerly the Association of Records Managers and Administrators. Barry Murphy, welcome. How are you today? Thanks, Bonnie. I'm great. I have a couple of questions for you. We're talking about information is king. Who should be the governor? I'm looking at some of the information. You've sent me some quotes, and I'm very curious. You say there is no clear consensus about which C-level executive should ultimately have responsibility for information governance. What does that mean? Is there is this a, a toss-up, Barry? Is this somebody say, well, the, 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 the admin to the CEO should do it or the CIO should do it? Who are we choosing from, Barry? Well, there's, there's a number of choices and a number of, of constituents that really have a stake in, in managing information. Um, at the base level, uh, employees like you and I who create information are responsible for how we use it and how we store it. But ultimately, when you get into a, a corporation, someone has to have the ultimate decision-making authority on what to do with information and how to be responsible for it. And EDJ Group has done some research around this um, and asked folks who ultimately owns information governance in your organization. And what was scary is that a full 45% of respondents indicated that they either don't know or it's unclear who owns it. So the problem with that is that it's hard to create a culture of responsibility around information when no one knows who's ultimately responsible for it. Um, I would say so. Is it an art or a science? I'm going to ask all of our guests that today. Is IG, Information Governance, an art or a science, Barry Murphy? I would say it's 75% an art. Um, there, there is mm. a science of, of putting technology around it, but really it's about aligning people and processes and making some, some real hard decisions around information. I wasn't expecting that answer. That's a surprise. It'll be interesting to see what our other guests have to say. Now, you also say that corporate governance around IG is immature. Is that in terms of not figuring out, as you just said, Barry, who should be in charge of it? Or is that is the concept that that we have to have information? Why do we need it? In a nutshell, why do we need information governance at all? Information governance is really the foundation to using information as fuel to run a business. So information governance is all about setting up the controls and the, and the processes to make sure that information doesn't come back to bite you. Uh, information in today's economy is the fuel that businesses run on. The reality is that that information can come back to get you if it's not managed correctly, whether it's through um, you know, sanctions for not handling it correctly um, in litigation or in compliance investigations um, or simply, you know, keeping information that's unnecessary and, and costs too much. Um, so information governance is really important, but it's not the practice of it is very immature because, let's face it, it's still a fairly new paradigm, right? We're, we're, we're maybe a decade and a half into the digital uh, explosion 
Um, so best practices are, are few and far between. Very interesting. Well, I would like to open up this conversation to our second guest. I'm going to introduce Will Crump now. Will is a founding partner at Datum LLC with over 20 years invested in building high-performance, cross-functional teams to compete in global venues. He brings a wealth of experience in team selection, alignment, motivation, and organizational development. Sounds to me, Will, like you'd be perfect to help a company set up an information governance, shall we say, the, the governor's mansion. Welcome, Will Crump. How are you today? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm good, thank you. Uh, I, I would actually have to echo some of the things that Barry said. I mean, it's, it's clearly um, a situation when you walk into a large corporation where people are pointing fingers in different directions when you ask who uh, should be responsible or who currently is responsible for governing data today. And I, I think the, the reason that's true is, is partly because it's not a well-understood uh, set of principles. Um, another simple fact is that data isn't really very sexy within a lot of organizations. And, uh, and, and more importantly, from organization to organization, the type of information that they need to govern um, is very different based on the type of business that they have. In certain um, industries, uh, the, the customer processes and customer information is, is king. In other industries, uh, the, the suppliers or the, the materials and, and how they handle materials is king. And so there isn't really a universal point on exactly who needs to be responsible for it um, uh, uh, um, outside the point that you actually do need to get both the IT organization and the business working together um, to fulfill that function ultimately. Now, Will, I have something here that you said in some information you sent me before the show that had me very curious. You say information governance paves the way for scale, especially in small and mid-sized companies, because process efficiencies can be achieved in transitioning, and here's the kicker, tribal knowledge into codified automated processes. Of that whole big statement, Will, I'm most interested in what do you mean by tribal knowledge? That's a, well, honestly, tribal knowledge is, is the standards and the policies that people put in place um, in, in their local areas as they begin to implement uh, data into their transactions and processes. So, for example, um, you might find that in one region, people tend to follow a convention of putting, uh, you know, a, a, a customer name in all caps. In another region, they, they don't or they use um, uh, um, uh, nicknames or, or they don't. I mean, there's lots of different types of standards that um, people will put in informally into these fields. And in some cases, they go into um, uh, deep complexity around how the fields are interpreted downstream when they start entering um, uh, description and logic in, in certain areas because they expect somebody to receive that. Now, when, when you go and implement, as some of our customers are, a global ERP system um, and, and start to standardize the processes across these different regions and how people are, are um, uh, entering information into the system, you have to start to extract that tribal knowledge in, in which standards are being implemented, how are they being used, um, are they necessary for the go-forward design, and, and start to bake out the set of processes and standards that are really going to allow people to efficiently and effectively get information into the system and start to use it in a, in a, in a meaningful way. It really isn't an asset unless you can, um, you can say that it can be used downstream in some effective way. Um, so, for example, um, if, if you were going to um, implement a large ERP system tomorrow, 
you really should look at going beyond the create material or create customer box that you usually see in those process definition diagrams um, during the implementation cycle and start to say, who are the roles that are involved there? I mean, if you're, if you're going to um, actually create a material uh, inside of SAP uh, for something that's internally manufactured, you're really talking mm-hmm. about 50 different screens and 11 different roles there. And to simply have one box that says create material isn't sufficient to provide the right level of definition to people out in the different regions that are going to be using SAP for the first time um, uh, and, and, and let them understand how they need to interact with the system and, and um, who, which role enters the picture at what point in time and, and how do you create referential integrity between different um, uh, fields that you intend to use and, and, and so forth. Thank you, Will. I'm going to ask you to take a breath because we're going to take our first break. This is great information. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're exploring the obviously very complex and very big topic of information governance. My first two guests are Barry Murphy and Will Crump. When we come back after the break, I will introduce Chris Singrani and Ina Mitchell-Knaus, and we will continue our discussion on if information is king, who is the governor, and is IG an art or a science? And I'm going to ask Barry and Will when we come back, what are you two drinking for breakfast today? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Don't even think of changing that dial or however you're listening to us today. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more not just in it for profit but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways listen for be more achieve more inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host chris cooper you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with a passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance these people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more be more achieve more can be heard live fridays at 8 a.m u.s pacific time on the voice america business channel No family can survive on two incomes anymore, let alone one. If you are supplementing your family's income working from home, then tune into The Cash Flow Show, Direct Sales Radio. Host Deb Bixler brings you sales tips, lead generation systems, and best business practices that guarantee direct sales success. Whether you're looking for a little extra cash or a career change, The Cash Flow Show, Direct Sales Radio, will give you proven systems that will work in your home business. The Cash Flow Show. Show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
You're enjoying Breakfast with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Breakfast with Game Changers. Well, according to our Twitter stream, we found out that Margo was drinking a Nespresso decaf dark orange flavor today. Malcolm started the day with a jolt, Tiger by the Tail from Equator Coffee. And what is making Kristen run this morning? It's a double shot of Cuba's finest coffee, Cafe Bustelo Que Rico. I hope I pronounced that right. So let me go back to my first two guests quickly. Barry Murphy, what are you drinking today? Being in the Northeast, I'm having a Dunkin' Donuts regular with milk and Splenda. You're my man. And Will Crump, what are you drinking today? <laughs> I've shifted beyond coffee right now. I'm on uh, water with Airborne. Oh, oh, my goodness. Okay, that's an interesting Change choice for the season, show. you know. <laughs> there, I know, I know. We have to take, take care of ourselves. I'm bringing on our next guest to join the party. It's Chris Singrani, a senior manager in Capgemini's Business Information Management Group. Chris is responsible for leading the SAP EIM practice within North America. For over a decade, he's been helping customers with the business and technical challenges and opportunities of planning and implementing enterprise information management initiatives within an enterprise environment. Chris, what are you drinking today? Let's start there. All right. Thanks, Bonnie. I am, uh, unfortunately, I'm in Denver where we don't have Dunkin' Donuts, so I've uh, had to start picking up the Dunkin' Donuts uh, Keurig K-Cup, so I'm drinking the Dunkin' Donuts French Vanilla. Oh, sounds good. Now, you said something to me when we had a pre-call I, I found very intriguing. You say companies often rely on email, spreadsheets, and word of mouth, meaning what's floating around in someone's head, to share and store information and the dangers, the risks are. If the person who holds that knowledge in their head or in their hand leaves the company or someone is the last to hit save in an Excel spreadsheet, Key organizational information could be lost. Talk to me about that risk and the the casualness of information storage and management today, Chris. Uh, that is, you know, it, it's a pretty interesting uh, uh, topic, Bonnie. And, there, and and it actually came to light yesterday. I was with a with, with, with a client, and I and I think an example would be a great way to go go through it. So I was uh, at a manufacturing customer of ours. Um, and one of the things they were doing, they're an SAP shop, have SAP all throughout the organization, um, mm-hmm. and a uh, gentleman was giving me a tour of the uh, production floor. So we're going through and looking at all the different uh, aspects of production, many of that stored in SAP. However, some of their key attributes, um, such as how the different parts come together to make up some of the custom orders for, uh, for clients, they're mm-hmm. doing that in Excel spreadsheets. So they're, they're managing a lot of that in very complex Excel. The issue with that is, one, is it's an Excel, and it's stored on one person's uh, uh, desktop. But secondly, one person is the master of that information. So um, as new products and new parts or, or some of that needs to be figured out, it's coming to a centralized person and going through the formulas in this Excel document. Um, a lot of, you know, so the danger there is, one is, it's you know the, the format it's in. It's not. It's it's stored uh, local. You know, locally on somebody's desktop. But a lot of that knowledge, um, kind of that uh, what Will was talking about, the tribal knowledge, is mm-hmm. some of the risk uh, you run. Um, you know, one of the things. Uh, 
talk to uh, clients quite a bit about it, is trying to get out of that mode. Um, you know, you run the risk. Uh, one is when information is being siloed in areas such as emails or spreadsheets or even just the word of mouth, it's not being captured um, and shared throughout the organization. Um, one of the big things we see with that is when you sit and start talking to clients about uh, data governance and how do you, what do you have? Do you have policies and processes in place today? A lot of times you hear first, no, we really don't have inf- uh, you know, information governance, but when you start looking at that and peeling back the layers of the onion and getting into the finance department, sales, marketing, mm-hmm. you find a lot of that information is there. It's just being done in those siloed approaches. It's not stored in a, you know, a centralized SharePoint or cloud environment um, where others can go and leverage at some you know, a centralized glossary that they can look up um, you know, how we're storing parts or different information. Um, so that's one of the things, you know, trying to get to that approach, especially with organizations being so disparate, um, you know, and across, uh, uh, you know, potentially across the globe, it, it becomes even more important as organizations, either small organizations looking to grow or large organizations looking at options, uh, you know, it could be a merger and acquisition or just how to uh, be smarter about their data. Chris, I know where I work at SAP, we often start wikis, and a wiki would be a shared, shall we say loosely, a knowledge base uh, repository for data that people can go and see the latest and greatest where, what would we call it, the the truth is there, the latest Mm -hmm. truth of whatever document is. Is a wiki a formal enough area of control, management, storage, access, sharing rules and regulations? Is a wiki formal enough to qualify for information governance? I think it can be. I mean, I really think, you know, one of the things uh, it comes down to is I think you want to start you want to start easy and you want to start small. So something like a wiki, it's easy to get up. It's easy for people to get plugged into, um, and it's a great way to start sharing and disseminating that information. Some of the areas you want to start looking at, though, around that wiki is, to your point about, um, you know, who has access to it, um, mm-hmm. who has the ability to write and, and update it. Uh, the thing you want to avoid is, uh, you know, with a wiki is if, if people are overriding their version of the truth as to what a definition should be, there needs to be mm-hmm. policies and uh, security measures in place as to really an approval process. So if I, you know, if you and I are arguing over a definition of, of a term, um, you put in something and then I go in and tweak it, there needs to be that check and balance for somebody to, uh, you know, go through the process of saying, okay, this is going to be the form uh, definition that we're going to go ahead with. It's not what Bonnie is looking for. It's not what Chris is looking for, but this is the overarching definition for our organization, which really becomes that formal, uh, you, know, poly, you know, organizational structure to determine who's going to make those decisions. So if you can put that in place into a wiki with that, with that oversight, um, I, I definitely think it's a great place to work. I mean, it, w- it will work. Um, you know, and that's where, you know, as you, you're looking at different solutions, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, something even like a stream work or a SharePoint site. Um, mm-hmm. There's lots of different op- options out there. It's just ensuring that there's that security and the checks and balances. I think that's really the key point you want to make sure to enforce. Thank you, Chris. And now it's time for us to bring on our female panelist, Ina Mutchel-Canales, has been waiting patiently in the wings. Ina is a director of solution management with SAP Business Objects Enterprise Information Management Products. Ina, I'm going to skip the rest of your wonderful background, and I want to get right to a couple talking points because you said something that just fascinated me. You told me that in order to start an information governance process, you need to get on your IG megaphone and call in all your friends of data. Tell us, what are and who are friends of data, Ina? 
Yeah, uh, well, step one, of course, is to find who, out, who those friends of data are, right? And lots, lots of different ways to do that. We, we always joke that we should make T-shirts that people can wear to just identify them around the business, right? But um, Why not? We'll have coffee cups made if you want. We'll have IG mugs. <laughs> How's go. that? Friends of data there you go. Cups. Yeah, so your friends of data are the people who understand how information is impacting the way they do that their, their daily job. And they maybe don't know all the reasons that the information is in the state it's in or all of the different um, ancillary systems that that information is touching, but they know that information is critical. And so what you want to do is give those people enough information um, about the value of governing it and what you can do to better serve the information in your business and help them be your megaphone to spread that word throughout the business. Because if you're the only one um, talking about information, pretty soon, as soon as someone gets an email from you, they're going, oh, here she is again. She's talking about information again, (laughs) blah, 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 right? You need to spread that throughout the business and help them be the ones really spreading the message about information and how the quality of it is really impacting your business. And I I like the way you think on a very pragmatic, practical way. You've also mentioned to me something about a data quality tale of woe notebook. Please tell me, what does that notebook look like? Is it a three-ring binder? Is it an old-fashioned black-and-white school notebook? Is it on a wiki? Is it virtual? Where do we keep the notebook and what do we put in it, Ina? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the data quality tales of woe actually came, the idea came from Maria Villar, who works for us, and she's awesome. Um, But the idea of the tales of woe is that normally when you're starting an information governance project, the first question you're always getting is, yeah, what's the real business impact to that? And you can't start from absolutely nothing to define that. So what we say is if you are the person who has the inkling that information is causing you problems, start keeping this notebook and go around. As someone says to you, information is 90% of our problems. It's all crap. You have to say, really, what information and where and how are you using that and how does it hurt you? And then write all that stuff down in your notebook. Maybe, maybe you're keeping that on Evernote. Maybe you're keeping that um, you know, in a document on your iPad, whatever is most convenient for you. And then as you get time, you're going to go through that Tales of Woe notebook and say, okay, what was the actual problem and you know, how much effort would it take to solve it? Go back and talk to that person who initially made the comment. Convert them into a friend of data by talking about what you can do to solve that problem. And then as you've gathered, you know, seven or eight of these stories on the data quality tales of woe, you can roll this up into business value and you can start to pinpoint which specific areas of your business are, you know, need the most work. And so it helps you really focus your efforts, as Chris was talking earlier, to start in a very tactical in a tactical way with high business value because you don't want to boil the ocean. Information's everywhere, but you can't govern it all at the same level all at once, right? Interesting. I, I like that pragmatic approach. I know we're about to take our halfway break and we're going to come back with a roundtable, but of course I owe you the big question, what are you drinking for breakfast today? I am drinking a very bubbly caramel-flavored drink called Diet Coke out of my mug. <laughs> I need the caffeine. <laughs> They don't allow me to have caffeine on show days, Ina, so I can <laughs> I can send you the high test that I would have would have been drinking. I'm only allowed a, uh, let's see, I have a Starbucks uh, tall decaf mocha skim with light whip, and that's about all, all I'm allowed because this is just so much fun. We are talking to Ina Wichel-Knaus, to Chris and Granny, to Barry Murphy, and Will Crump about IG information governance. When we come back, we will go into our round table, table segment. I'll be asking them things like this. Is there a school to teach companies about IG? What is the ideal size of the IG team? 
creating an IG policy. How long does it take? How many steps are there? How do you get the word out to everyone on your staff? And do you make them sign a pledge to uphold and honor your processes? And should IG be part of a startup company's business plan? When we come back, we'll answer these and lots more questions. So don't even think of leaving us here on Voice America. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Breakfast with Game Changers. Justin, take it away. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com what does a visual workplace mean to you how does it contribute to operational excellence and what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place listen to the visual workplace work that makes sense to find out Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're enjoying Breakfast with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Breakfast with Game Changers. And indeed, here we are back with Breakfast with Game Changers talking about IG, our little abbreviation for a great big topic, information governance. I'm going to kick off this segment with Ina Mitchell-Knaus, and we're going to talk about Ina Is there a school to teach companies how to set up an IG team, a plan, a mantra? How do you start? Yeah, I mean, so the topic, I mean, it's a relatively new market, as uh, Barry was saying earlier. So there aren't really school programs officially that deal with it. So 
But, you know, even if you look back in the day, there, there were programs that started to combine information and technology with specific industry practices. Where I went to school, God, years and years and years ago, they had biology with information and how do you merge those things together. And I think you see new programs with bioinformatics, too. So we're starting to see specific industries and information coming together and more and more. And that's really the first step, building awareness of how information is feeding individual industries because every every industry has a slightly different take on what they need for specific information governance practices. So that said, from a school point of view, there are great, um, more professional organizations that offer training for what does it mean to survive with information governance, to excel, and how do you show value? How do you set up your programs from the beginning? There are some e-learning curve classes on this. Um, individual consultants offer training on what does it mean to implement information governance at your organization. We have special interest groups with thousands and thousands of members who co- collaborate daily on how do I set up my organization and how do I succeed with this and where is a good place to start. So formal training with a certificate, not as much. Um, TDWI does offer some of those things. But you know, from a school point of view, not really yet. We're starting to see more and more of a push towards this sort of information, and you've seen probably some conversation in the market around data scientists and data analysts. Who are these people? Can we build them up? But formal programs, not really yet. Okay, thank you. I want to talk now about the size of the ideal IG team. Who wants to take this one? This is Chris. Um, I'll take this one. Um, The size of the team, I think that's interesting, Bonnie. I mean, I think it does, um, you know, in some ways, based on the company size, what's an appropriate team. I think the important thing to look at is, one, is having that executive sponsorship from that executive um, within the organization, but then really making sure you have representatives from the different parts of the organization. Um, both from the standpoint of who can make decisions, so within the marketing, the sales, the finance, the HR departments, and then some of those tactical uh, members of the team as well. So I, I think the size of the team will vary. Um, in a lot of ways, you might want to start small with those key uh, you know, champions uh, mm-hmm. around data like Ina was talking about. Uh, but an interesting topic, uh, you know, one time it, it came up with an organization, and they'd, they'd built a council, and they started meeting, and they had the appropriate representatives, but their problem was, some of the key decision makers weren't coming to the meetings. So they would have the meetings and then essentially no decisions were being made. And, and they had made the comment they felt like, you know, they were like the federal government, you know, mired in bureaucracy and not really going anywhere. So I think you need to make sure that you, you have the right core group of people to start and expand from that. Um, but the big thing is making decisions and starting to, to get some action and traction within the organization. It becomes, it becomes the key driver versus the right number of people to have. I like that idea. Now, we talked about different shapes, sizes, forms of data. We didn't yet talk about structured versus unstructured. We didn't talk about the fact that your information can be brand new, squeaky clean, perfect shape, or it can be stale, old, duplicated all over the organization. Whose job is it? And I'll open this up to uh, either Barry or Will. Whose job is it to find all the places that information is sitting or stored or lurking in corners and decide what's valuable, what's not valuable, what gets taken away, what gets put into storage, what gets deleted. Whose job is that? This is Barry. I'll, I'll, I'll start there and then, and then yeah. open it up. But I, I believe personally it's the CIO's job, but it's a cross-functional responsibility, meaning the CIO ultimately has to create a data map. But that data map is often being driven by the need 
for e-discovery and, and the compressed time frames for responding to requests for information um, in litigation or regulatory requests. So the CIO is ultimately responsible for managing all those data sources and understanding where they are. So oftentimes this winds up in the CIO's lap. However, there's also the, the factor of needing to do what's reasonable, um, mm-hmm. and, and that reasonableness needs to be determined um, with legal's input. Um, hopefully if there is an information governance team with records management, um, their input as well, and, and importantly, with the, the input of the business, right? So if we don't take into account, um, you know, employee X and Y and how they use and need information, uh, the information governance initiatives will fail because people will figure out a way around the policies. So I think ultimately the CIO winds up owning this but really needs a lot of input from across different departments. Thank you, yeah, Barry. This is, uh, will, I'd, I'd actually like to echo that, and I think there was sure. a, a major headline this morning that might have um, uh, made this a more significant event going forward, especially for folks like Barry's team. Um, I don't know if, if you guys noticed, but Atos in uh, France announced a zero email policy that they would like to implement going forward for all internal communications, meaning they want to shift entirely to messaging-based communications and text messages and things like that. And so I, I think it, it is the, um, the CIO's responsibility to establish the, um, the map of how information um, is, is really going to be um, uh, governed internally and, and, and identified in all these different um, sources. However, the business is constantly going to renegotiate um, the, the ground on which everybody's going to play here. And, and so having a, a healthy dialogue between the business when they implement especially a radical policy like that um, and, and the IT organization in, in terms of what are the regulations and compliance requirements that they need to um, be able to fulfill long term is, is really, really important in, in terms of maintaining a reasonable information governance foundation going forward. Will, do you think it's going to start a trend? I know you could answer that one. Do you think it's going to start a trend, something radical like that? Um, yeah, it, it depends on how well they can enforce the policies and how, um, and, and how I guess, you know, for me, this is the exact point where technology can help you because policies are one thing to set forth, but unless you have technology to make it as easy as possible, dead simple to comply with those policies, mm-hmm. then it becomes just a policy that dies and that everyone finds a way to work around. So you, you need ways to, to make that easy for your business to comply with. And I just wanted to mention, too, there was a, a tweet from, I think it's called Stevo. I'm pro- sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, about you know, how do you get business and IT to work together? And this is exactly what we're talking about here. You need, you absolutely need business to say this is the value and I'm willing to own it. I'm willing to put some skin in the game, you know, to move this forward. And you need to convert them into the friends of data and help and let IT be the, the technology that helps them scale and gives them information to support their business. Well, I know this is Chris, and to that point about getting the business to buy in, um, you know, one of the areas, uh, you, you know, one, one example uh, of a client where I, where I think the business buy-in um, really, really is is starting to work was we saw instead of the CIO being the sponsor of uh, the data, the information governance initiative, it was actually the CFO. Um, and what I found interesting about that was by having the CFO buy-in, um, a lot of more of it was driven 
by the business and really the, the data teams and the, um, coming from the business side more so than the IT team. So it was kind of an inverse that you typically find uh, within organizations. Yeah, and I get asked that all the time. Well, who's the exact like senior sponsor? Who's who's the one I should pick? Should it be the CIO? Should it be the CFO? And I, I, I say it depends. It depends on who has clout, who's going to probably still be there in two years, so you don't have to entirely retrain your executive sponsor, right? And who is the one that is seeing the immediate impact of information in their business? Sometimes that's the CIO. Sometimes it's the CFO. Some chi- sometimes it's the guy in charge of supply chain, right? It, it could... It could be any one of those people, but for your first initiative, you need you need someone who's going to speak most effectively and is going to be listened to. I have a quick question for all of you. As a company matures and grows, does the IG program and policy have to change, or if you start out with something really solid, should that policy be scalable on a natural, organic basis? Well, this is Will. I, from my perspective, it does need to change because the business, okay. um, by its nature, will will expand into different areas that require you to take a, a different perspective on how you're governing information. So the, the most logical is you move from one nationality to two nationalities, and suddenly you have compliance issues, you have uh, process issues because you allow um, decentralized processes of sales um, in each region, and, and, and so therefore you have to... Um, uh, figure out how you're going to go back and revise that information governance foundation um, as you move forward and, and expand your operations. Um, but there are certainly scalable points in time where you can um, you know, build a bigger container and allow everybody to fill it with what they need to fill. Good to know. When we come back, we're at that break time again. We're going to start our closing question of, if information is king, Who or what will govern it in the next five years? I'm going to ask my guests, Barry Murphy, Will Crump, Chris Singrani, and Ina Mitchell-Kanaus, to look into their crystal ball of information governance and predict for 2017. I'm also going to ask one of you, as soon as we come back, to talk quickly about should IG be built in and baked into the business plan of a startup company from the get-go. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Breakfast with Game Changers. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss this prediction section, so hang tight. We'll be back in two minutes. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Seventh Wave Network. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. 
The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying breakfast with game changers presented by sap to speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Breakfast with Game Changers. And we're back, our final segment, before we look into the crystal ball of what information governance will look like in 2017. I'm going to kick off this part with Barry Murphy, my first guest. And Barry, should a startup company bake in information governance policies into their business plan from the get-go? The policies are difficult to bake in because companies don't know what type of information they'll create or how they'll use it. But certainly elements of IG, for example, the cloud makes... Uh, hosted email archiving, very simple and inexpensive. So those types of elements should be baked in as soon as possible so that they'll be ready in the event of needing to find information. Good to know. What do you predict? Information governance in 2017, which is four weeks and five years away. Well, I think I think you'll see a big mix of, of on-premise and cloud-based solutions to centralize access to information, um, and you'll see a lot more focus on things like social media as, as users start to, to really you know, drive usage of those things. Okay, let's move to Will Crump, 2017. What do you see? So we're already starting to see, obviously, the, um, the widespread use of, of cloud technologies and, and um, along with mainline um, uh, ERP systems and things like that. And the reality is that we need to segregate the rules, the governance rules that are going to be leveraged across the organization from those different technologies. So we have a vision actually around pervasive rule management um, that unbundles the, the, the rules from the methods in which they're going to be employed. And I, I think as we move into 2017, we're going to see organizations embracing um, those types of concepts to figure out how are they going to leverage those governance rules um, across the many different methods in which they, um, they tend to govern information in the future across those different technologies, too. And, and today, I'm not sure that there are enough uh, tools and, and capabilities to support all the different ways that uh, information needs to be governed going forward. And so there, we still have a number of, of um, technologies and, and capabilities left to, um, to fill some of those white spaces in the, in the next few years. Thank you, Will. Let's move to Chris and Granny. What say SG 2017 IG? What will it look like? What do we need to do to get there? 
I, I think uh, I, I think in 2017, what we're going to see with information governance is, is going to be a lot more mature, similar to what we've seen over the last five or six years with data quality uh, maturing within organization and becoming more of a uh, just something you do and built into organizations and an understanding the, of the importance of data quality. Um, you know, from my perspective, I, I think there's going to be you know more of the the information governance cookbook around the ideas of what are the best practices, where to start, who should be you know the, the champions such as the discussions we've had and some of those points on the CIO, CFO. Also with that, I think there's going to be a lot more focus on, uh, you know, governance uh, and what does it mean to, to your point earlier, Bonnie, about the unstructured data. So how do we handle big data? How do we handle social data and bring that together with other parts of our organization, both from a policy as well as a technology perspective to address information governance for all parts of our internal organization as well as the external touch points of our organization? Thank you, and let's move till Ina. We're going to have time for one more question after Ina finishes. I have one more thing on my mind. Ina, predict 2017, please. What well, will first, the data tales of Woe Notebook look like? <laughs> first of all, I agree with the three smarties who just spoke in front of me, but uh, also I would say that as we see the trend of, of big data, that, that really raises the visibility of all of the information that you have and how well it is conforming, how well it is supporting your business. So I see even more impact, and that will, of course, require tools across the board to respond in a, in a way that helps you automate your information governance initiatives and not be so much work for your IT and business staff. And that, of course, includes a better dashboarding and metric system to show the value of all the effort that you are placing on managing your information as a strategic asset. Thank you, Ina. My question for all of you, and I'm just going to go in order and give you, oh, 30 seconds or less to answer it. Social media, social networking, social business. Uh, I think Chris just mentioned it in his prediction wrap up. We're talking about information that is sitting around. It is there. It's retrievable on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn. What should a company do right now to make sure that they grab it and safe keep it and know what's out there? Barry, what do you think? Policy is the first thing, usage policies, and then also being able to preserve it as evidence when the time comes. Those are the minimum steps as of right now that an organization needs to take. Okay. Will Crump, what do you say about social data, I'll call it? Uh, I would agree with uh, that. Policy and and, and broadcast, I think, is the second element you really need to take control of. I mean, one of the major headlines recently was uh, Merck. Um, in uh, in Germany and Merck in the U.S. are in a fight over the Facebook page uh, that one of them started and the other one is controlling right now. And so I think you need to be proactive about uh, about broadcasting your own um, uh, characteristics that you think are important about your organization um, and, and make sure that you set the tone for how you expect others to um, uh, to use those message points going forward as well. Sounds like you might need, in addition to the governor, you might need a an assistant governor to just watch everything a company is doing under the company's name on social media, social business. Interesting. Um, Chris, did I get to you yet? No, not on this one. So you know, I would agree with uh, Barry and Will on the policy, but I but I think the key thing being that. You know, the social data, it's, it's moving in real time. You have to have the ability to react in that timely and appropriate manner and who's going to react, who's going to respond to that. You can't wait too long to, to respond to, especially the disparaging remarks that could be made, uh, uh, you know, about your organization. Okay. And Ina, what do you think? Social data. 
Yeah, I agree completely. That data is so ephemeral that you need a, a specific person who has ownership and accountability, and all of those things are your policies around how you're going to deal with that information. But I think first you have to say, how are we actually going to use this social information to change our business in any way? If it's just someone you know blindly reading Twitter streams and reacting, that's probably not the best way. So first understand how you're going to use it to really form your business and then make those ownership and accountability policies for it. Okay, very interesting. I know on previous shows we talked, we had a, did a whole show focused on is your company social? How social is your company? And we talked about reaction time and having the right answers. Is it better to have people talking about your company behind your back so you don't hear it, or better to have it out in the open where you can have a uh, shall I say a trained professional, as in do not try this if you're not a professional, a trained professional monitoring those channels and responding in the style and mode of what the company wants to present itself as and to remediate if something negative does go out there. I'm going to tell you what's coming up next on Breakfast with Game Changers. Next week, we'll be talking about real-time data analytics. The week after December 14th, I'll be interviewing Carolyn Fitton, who is the co-author of a book called Enterprise Mobility for Dummies. Uh-huh, new entry into the Dummy series, and she is not. She's a pretty smart lady. We're going to talk on December 21st, right before the holiday, about the future of CRM with Anthony Leeper, a Forbes blogger. And on December 20th, 28th, we're thinking about having, and this is an invitation to all my guests today, a New Year's Game Changers prediction show where everybody who's been a guest on the show will just call in for two minutes and tell us what you see for Game Changers in 2012, which will be exactly three days after that show. I want to do some shout outs. Thank you, of course, to my wonderful guests today, Barry Murphy, Will Crump, Chris and Granny, and Ina Mitchell Knauss. Thank you for your expertise, your sharing, your flexibility, and great conversation. And a shout out to Joan Sherlock, Patricia Harris, Malcolm Kimberlin, Wendy Ann Nesbeth, and Carolyn Brock. You all know who you are and you know why I'm. Thank you. Thank you to Justin and everybody at Voice America for getting us on the air. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Have a great week and we'll talk to you next week about real-time data analytics right here on Breakfast with Game Changers. Over and out. Thanks again for tuning in to Breakfast with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the breakfast conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.